today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We have been commissioned and commanded and called by God to speak the truth and not hold back and diminish any word. Yeah, but if I do that, they won't come back next week. Fine, go to them. Yeah, but if I do that, they're going to do a YouTube video about me. Fine, let them. Yeah, but if I do that, then, well, whatever. They're going to do it anyway. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. It's not easy for us to teach the Bible without getting backlash. What the Bible teaches us is always going to contradict what our culture wants us to follow. In today's message, Pastor J.D. is going to encourage you to be bold with God's Word. Don't back down because of the fear of being ridiculed for your beliefs. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 26 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 10. Now, you're picturing the scene, right? All of these people. There's Jeremiah. So now verse 10, when the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house. So they weren't there, wherever the king's house was, (laughs) to the house of the Lord, and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. So they they hear about what's happening. There's a riot. Jeremiah's in trouble. In fact, he's in deep kimchi right now. He's got this mob, this throng of people surrounding him. They're going to kill him. They're all against him. So we need you guys to come. So they get the email, the text. They come, and there they are, and they take their seat Picture a judge's seat. These are the princes, and these are the the judges, if you prefer. And now they're going to sit down, and we're going to try to judge this matter and resolve this matter. So, verse 11, And the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes, and all the people saying, This man deserves to die. For he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your ears. Then verse 12, Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and all the people. Notice he's not addressing the priests and the prophets. I would imagine, we're still there, right? You're still picturing, using your God-given imagination. You're picturing this scene, right? A lot of people, there's Jeremiah, and here are these princes sitting down. They're going to make pass a judgment now. And Jeremiah doesn't even look at them. They've just got done falsely accusing him, by the way, false charges. He didn't prophesy against the city. See, they're they're trying to get these princes (laughs) to see him as committing treason, which is punishable by death. That's why he deserves to die, because of what he did. That's not what he did. This is false. You you false prophets are falsely accusing. Go figure. I would expect nothing less. So he's addressing the princes and all the people, not the priests and the prophets. Now what does he say? He says, the Lord sent me. 
to prophesy against this house and against this city with all the words that you have heard. Now therefore amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, then the Lord will relent concerning the doom that He has pronounced against you. Did you catch that? <laughs> you think I'm the problem? I'm not the problem. I'm just the messenger. Your problem is not with me. Your problem is with God. And by the way, you don't want your problem to be with God. But your problem is with God, the Lord your God. You better listen. You better obey. You better turn, or God will not relent concerning, and you'll forgive me, but I like this word doom. <laughs> Gets a lot of bad press. Oh, you're one of them doom and gloom guys. No, that's God's Word. It's doom and gloom. Oh, come on. Why can't you just <laughs> speak soft things? Speak smooth words. Why don't you just kind of, you know, bring it down a notch? And oh, There's all this doom and gloom. You're depressing me. You're scaring me. Good! You need to be scared. <laughs> I know it's, it's kind of snarky, but I'd rather scare someone into heaven than flatter them into hell. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear this, because it's doom and gloom, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, verse 14, man, you got to love Jeremiah, man. As for me, here I am, in your hand. <laughs> Do with me as seems good and proper to you, but, ooh, verse 15, know for certain that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants, for truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. Wow. Oh Lord, thank you for Jeremiah. And thank you, Jeremiah, for not walking it back, toning it down, or softening it up. You knew, Jeremiah, what you spoke was God's words of truth. Thank you, Jeremiah. And thank you, Lord, for Jeremiah. And thank you, Lord, for including this in the pages of Holy Writ about Jeremiah, because I need to hear this. This, most men wouldn't do this. Because again, you're still there, right? Don't leave yet. You can't leave yet. You're still in this... <laughs> throng this mob. There's Jeremiah, they want to kill him. You're still there, right? Can you imagine the intensity of that moment? And there you are, and they're all coming against you, falsely accusing you. They want to kill you. What would you do? Again, I have to confess, I would be very tempted to 
I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. And don't kill me. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Try to save my own skin. No, not Jeremiah. There's some Esther here. If I perish, I perish. And by the way, Jeremiah, when he says, I'm in your hand, what he's really saying is, <laughs> I'm in God's hands. Um, it's kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they're about to be thrown into that fiery furnace, and they say, you know, God can deliver us. But if He doesn't, psh, they said that in the original language, it's psh. <laughs> if I perish, I perish. Here I am, I'm, I'm in your hand. And we're going to actually be talking about this a little bit on Sunday in the Prophecy Update, when Jesus says, do not fear those who can kill the body. What shall I fear what man can do unto me? I'll tell you who should fear, is the one who can kill the body and send you to hell. That's who you should fear. It's this whole thing about the fear of man. And, and here he is, and he doesn't falter. Thank you, Jeremiah for not caving and acquiescing and crumbling in the pressure, the crushing pressure and the intensity of that moment. Most men would, but you didn't. You didn't. You stood there and you said, hey, I'm not taking anything back. I didn't hold anything back. I spoke all that God commanded me and sent me to speak to you. And if you want to kill me, go ahead. But if you do, you got much bigger problems. Not just on you, on the city and on all the inhabitants, because you're going to have innocent blood. You'll be shedding innocent blood, because I'm innocent before God. <laughs> But again, he could have caved, and he didn't. He could have just, you know, kind of backtracked just a little bit, you know, maybe, well, let me just, you know, offer a clarification on what I said. Let me, uh, you know, kind of, maybe not just a clarification, but actually a correction. And, you know, maybe I came on, you know, too strong. Maybe I should have, you know, kind of walked into it, not run into it. And no, he doesn't do that. In fact, instead of softening it up, he, as we say in our day, doubles down. Thank you, Jeremiah. I needed this example. This encourages me. This really encourages me. What a, what a good example and godly example you are of a man of God, a man of God who doesn't fear man, a man of God who fears God. And he, and he uh, uh, I would have loved to have been there. I mean, really been there. Maybe not. I don't know what I would have done if I was there. So verse 16, this is where it gets really interesting. <laughs> The princes and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, stop right there. You know it's bad when God has to use people to speak to the spiritual leaders, the pastors, 
and the prophets. Shouldn't it be the other way around? What an indictment. Again, I think about Esther, and it's probably amongst the most profound passages in all of Scripture and all of the book of Esther. And you know the account. It's when Mordechai says to her, Esther, how do you know that God didn't raise you up to this position for such a time as this? And then he says to her, because she's having reservations, she's reluctant, she's fearful, because she knows that if the king doesn't hold out the scepter, she's done. It's off with her head. You'd never approach the king uninvited. You have to be invited before you can have presence with the king. So she knows it's a potential death sentence, and she could be killed instantly, just for even doing what she's been put in that position for such a time as this to do. But notice, and we don't talk much about this, but you know what Mordecai says to her? Remember this? He says, Esther, here's the, here's the thing. If you don't do this, deliverance will come from another. Okay, Esther, so if you don't do this, I'll find somebody else. Priests, pastors, leaders, if you abdicate your responsibility to speak the truth, guess what? I'll find somebody else. I'll even find a non-Christian if I have to. And God has. I can tell you right now, there are today people that God is using that are not believers. And it is a sad indictment on pastors and leaders. These men, not Christians, are speaking the truth in the absence of the pastors who should be. I hope that my anger is seen as righteous anger. And I hope that it's in my anger, I'm not sinning, but it's the princes and the people are telling the priests and the prophets. Shouldn't it be the priests and the prophets are telling the princes and the people? Well, what are the princes and the people telling the priests and the prophets? This man does not deserve to die. And here's why. For he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Woe. Whoa. Stay with me here. This, this is, again, very interesting. Could it be that the princes and all the people said this to the priests and the prophets because they were so moved and impacted by Jeremiah's holy boldness? Let me take it a step further. Could it be that they had never seen this before? Well, you got to know that this was not the first time a prophet had been brought to them, seized, to be killed. And when in this position as Jeremiah was, they just crumbled. They had never seen that before. Whoa, this is new. Who is this Jeremiah guy? I've never seen a man do this. Usually when this happens, and this happens, they just cave in and 
walk it back and soften it up and tone it down. Not Jeremiah. I would venture to say that they were even convicted by it. By Jeremiah's holy boldness and sanctified strength. And please don't misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about revolution. I'm talking about revelation. And let me explain that. We have the revelation of what's coming. And we're going to shrink back. Oh, I'm not going to teach the book of Revelation. That's a really hard book to understand. I'm not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole, accent included. No extra charge. Wait a minute. You, you, you mean that you're not going to talk about the only book of all 66 books of the Bible, the only book that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, and take it to heart. No other book. And you're not going to talk about it. You're going to remain silent about it. Ah, there I go again. <laughs> this is personal for me. As well it should be for any pastor, I would like to think. We have been commissioned and commanded and called by God to speak the truth and not hold back and diminish any word. Yeah, but if I do that, they won't come back next week. Fine, go to them. Yeah, but if I do that, they're going to do a YouTube video about me. Fine, let them. Yeah, but if I do that, then, well, whatever. They're going to do it anyway. And by the way, <laughs> may I just ask the question, if you are going to tailor your preaching to your fear of what people are going to do in response, go find another job. There I said it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, but it's not, you know, people don't want to hear that. <laughs> Listen, newsflash, I don't want to preach it. It's not, what do I want to do? Or what do my ears want to hear? It's, what do I need to hear? And I need to hear this truth because it is the truth. Oh, would to God that it would never be said of us that the people had to say to us, what these people said to those pastors and priests. Uh, let me gather myself here and we'll move on. Verse 17. Now this is really interesting. I know it, it's more interesting than it was interesting before. This is more interesting. So, <laughs> Then certain of the elders, who? We don't know. What's his name? We're not told. Certain of the elders of the land rose up and spoke to all the assembly of the people, saying, verse 18, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah, and spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
Zion, Jerusalem, shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins, and the mountain of the temple like the bare hills of the forest. Whoa! That's what Jeremiah said. I know. Micah said that too. Yes. Verse 19. Did this certain of the elders of the land, who's speaking up now, continues, and now he asks this question of them. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah and all Judah, ever put him to death? Hello? Hello is not in the original. Did he not fear the Lord, speaking of Hezekiah, and seek the Lord's favor? And the Lord relented concerning the doom. There's that word again. I like that word. Which he had pronounced against them. And then he says this, but we are doing great evil against ourselves. Oh, I like this guy. Who is this guy? Don't know. I like this. He's speaking up and he's speaking truth. You know who he's talking about, right? The prophet Micah. We affectionately refer to him as one of the minor prophets. Not that they're minor. Oh, they're, they're in the minor leagues. They're not the major leagues. No, not, not at all. It's just they're, anyway, the small books. Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. These are all, uh, <laughs> the major prophets are the big ones like Ezekiel. And anyway, I don't know why I had to explain that, but I just, in defense of Micah, my friend, he's my friend, by the way. But he's referring to Micah, who prophesied the same exact thing 100 years approximately prior to Jeremiah. And good on him to take them to task. Same exact thing. He prophesied the same exact thing. They didn't kill him. You want to kill Jeremiah? What's up with that? Same exact thing 100 years prior. The only difference is, not only did they not kill him, Micah, but the king repented and God relented. How about that? I would imagine, you're still there, right? Don't leave yet. I'll let you know when you can leave. About, well, a little bit. Don't look at your watches. You're still there, right? Big throng mob of people. You could have probably heard a pin drop. Hmm. Good point. Good point. And we are, this is, um, can I say it like this, a sanctified selfishness? Hey, let's not do this because we're going to bring great evil against ourselves. I guess in a way nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes a lot of our prayers are very selfish. Oh Lord, you know, (laughs) keep them for me and me for them. You're more concerned not about them, but you, because you don't want to lose them. I know that's selfish, but it's a sanctified selfishness. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. So it's, uh, hey, why are we doing this now? And if we do this, we're going to bring upon ourselves great evil. Let's rethink this. Let's not do this. They didn't do it to Micah when Hezekiah was king. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. To be true, to be true.